there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm coming to you from Radio Free Brooklyn. And you know what? This is so awesome. Radio Free Brooklyn. You know what I have to tell you? We are doing a uh, scavenger hunt for the holidays. So I really want to tell you about it because uh, you, you want to get involved. Trust me. Um, so I want to announce the All Borough Holiday Schedule Hunt, which launches, which is launched. And um, in between November 28th, which was last week, and December 12th, so you have time, listen to Radio Free Brooklyn for clues on where to find scavenger hunt items at local businesses throughout Brooklyn. The person who collects the most, that's going to be you, one of my listeners, no doubt, um, the most items will get the grand prize of a brand new uh, M-A-S-S-I single speed bicycle from the Vila bike shop, which is the best Vila bike shop anywhere. So we have, you know what, we're, we're dealing with something extra special today, which is very exciting because this is um, such, it's so fun dealing with DIY kind of radio. And I have Jake Flores, this really great comedian. Hi, Jake. Hello. Hey, Pleasure to be here. Oh, listen to your radio radio voice. Oh, yes, born Very, with. very announcery. Very good. <laughs> so you could kind of be, you know, you could, do, yeah, you're... You, you should hire Jake. Everybody should hire Jake for a voiceover. So I, I invited Jake on the show because I was I saw him perform. Um, I think it was at Pine Box, and he kind of blew my head off. Because uh, um, I love comedy and I'm very picky. Do you know this is the highest compliment ever, Jake? <laughs> oh, this I is a real it. career maker for you. No, but I liked I liked Jake. I liked his style. I liked um, how. Um, non-bullshitty right isn't that like you're like not you're like that's you're, a, i would like to think that yeah 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 like not not too full of himself which is what i really go for and as i was saying to my friend margo if i was 20 years younger who knows you know? <laughs> that was fun i got to flirt with i would never see if i was your age which is what 30 20s, 30s? Uh, 28 years young. Yeah, see, now if I was your age, I'd be completely intimidated by you at that age. Really? Yeah, but now I can fucking flirt with you. <laughs> there's no problem. It's always funny to hear people say things like that to each other because, you know, most most of us are just terrified. and uh, Of other people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So whenever yeah. someone says that to me, I'm always very taken aback by it because I am uh, so feel the same way. So <laughs> self-deprecating. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway... Um, all right, so we've done the scavenger thing. We're still dealing with the lighting, which is fine because we can see. We can see okay. And um, so I was talking to Jake, and, I, you know, a lot of the interviews I've been doing haven't been as psychotherapy-focused as I would like. So Jake is up for doing a real psychotherapy session with me. Is that right, Jake? Yeah, sure. Uh, psych stuff is kind of my bread and butter. I was a psych major uh, in school, dropped out, but, you know, kind of kept up with it and I've always been very into it. 
Um, and you know, I've been th- tr- thinking actually about getting some therapy soon. It's something oh, I can really? never. It's something I think is uh, quite good for you. I've done it a few times, but uh, I uh, there's a kind of a catch twenty two where it, when it comes to being a person like me and therapy, where if you can get your shit together enough to actually sign up and go to the therapy. You might not, you know, need it anymore. That's like what I'm trying to go to it for, you know. <laughs> uh, today? No, no, no. Oh. I just mean in general. Oh, do it for. Like if if I was healthy enough to be able to actually take the time to go do therapy, that wouldn't be a person who needs therapy. You mean like organized enough? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to give a plug for this place that um I have used that is so great. It's the Center for Modern Psychotherapy, CMPS, and it's on West 10th Street in Manhattan. And they have a sliding scale. So I want to mention that on my show because they they have a really great um, program for, for psychoanalysts. And you can get such a fucking bargain. And I'm all about the bargains, you know. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Are you a Jew too, Jake? I think you're a Jew. No, I'm a half Mexican gentleman. Although uh, there might be some Jew in my bloodline going back through uh, all this weird immigration that happened in Texas, I found out one time. Uh, oh, yeah. You're from Texas. Yeah. Which should be annexed. I think I've always suspected it might be part Jew because of all the neurotic comedian tendencies. And the, my sister dates a lot of Jews. I'm th- thinking maybe it's in there. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You never know because Jews and Mexicans could totally fuck, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're both. Or they might get confused because I could see like in a different context, like a darker skinned Jew, Sephardic Jew and a Mexican like. Think, you know, like <laughs> prehistoric times, prehistoric times, <laughs> you know, maybe like wandering around in the old days. Yeah. Anyway, I we could fantasize about your relative sex lives, but I'd rather move on. <laughs> Leave so, that for off, Mike. So what? Um. So what's going on? What would? What would? Let's pretend you came into therapy. What did you come into therapy <laughs> today for, Jake? Oh, uh, to probably get this cat away from this microphone. Um. No. Uh. Well. All right. So I mean. I am kind of an open book about this in terms of stand-up and writing and stuff. Uh, I tend to overanalyze and overdiagnose myself with a number of things. Um, one of them being, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm bipolar, but I, you know, I've not been to a professional about this and mm-hmm. gotten the rubber stamp on or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I tend to be mistrustful of uh, believing in you know the the sanctity of the diagnosis you know and that mm-hmm. that making it true or whatever anyway so mm-hmm. so it hasn't been a big deal to me but it does run in my family oh really yeah I recently met uh, one of my great uncles or something I uh, hate to say it but I you go to a large family gathering and you haven't met a lot of these people I don't remember how I was related to this person mm-hmm. but somehow on my mother's side mm-hmm. old man who's cool as hell and he was telling me about his bipolar uh, that he's lived with forever he was very cool uh, and he was a musician um, mm-hmm. so I'm like oh, okay maybe I got some of this guy's creative genes that also are crazy genes you know um, mm-hmm. but I uh, he said something really funny to me this old man he said uh, he said, played music and I asked him what kind of music do you play and he goes, uh, or what kind of music do you like? And he went, uh, how about I tell you what kind of music I don't like? <laughs> Fucking love songs. <laughs> it was great. I was like, okay. That is great. What kind of music do you like? I fucking love songs. That's great. No, no, no. I said, he went. Oh, I thought that was a conversation. Sorry, I kind of jumbled it up when I said it. He said, how about I tell you what kind of music I don't like? 
Uh, oh, he doesn't like songs. He said, I fucking hate love songs. Oh, lo- oh I didn't. Oh. <laughs> he, was a, he was a country musician, which is a, a very country musician thing have, to say. Which is really confusing to me, but that's <laughs> another discussion about music. Sure. Um, so, okay, so you think that you may be bipolar, but you don't know for sure. And in a certain way, what, what I'm starting to hear is that you're not, you're resistant to being diagnosed, and that's because of your distrust of the psychology, psychiatry community? A bit. I mean, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me to get diagnosed. Uh, what bothers me is the, uh, the belief then, when you get diagnosed, that you go, okay, now I have this definite thing, and uh, then they tell you you have to take this pill, and this pill is you know, medicine for this disease you have. And I think like diseases of the mind are much more complicated than that and you always need to be a good skeptic about it and a good scientist really in terms of thinking about things like these because mm-hmm. it's really easy to just believe things and then mm-hmm. get uh you know i think the thing about psychology especially like pharmacology is that um the big lie the, the big th- conceit that no one is mm-hmm. uh no one's being really upfront about is that it's a very new field and oh, we yeah. don't understand a lot of this stuff right. you can right. put together symptoms and then map out, okay, there's a pattern that happens in certain people that is, you know, these things are symptomatic of it, but you don't know what it is. Right. So to some degree, right. I think you also don't Back understand. Back to you, Jake. Back to you. Oh, so, sure, sure, sure. Okay, so, because um, this isn't a real session. All right, right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I know when my patients are trying, are that's a sign of, that's going to be, a, I'm going to say that's a sign of resistance. Okay, sure, sure. So anyway, um, so there's two things that, that I'm thinking about. One is... Um, that um, you're uncomfortable with having it diagnosed, but I'm also saying that uh, you the that you don't have to. You also, obvi- you know, you're you you know who you are. You don't have to do anything that you would you if you were if you were to go to a medical professional and discuss it. It's possible that you could get some scientific information that you could then use however you like. But more importantly, I want to hear about your symptoms. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's, uh, you know, obviously the two parts of the thing, the the mania and the depression are like uh, things that just sort of swing back and forth throughout my whole life. I didn't. I, th- I think I used to get the depression really bad when I was a kid, and I didn't uh, understand what it was because it's really easy to have, like, that kind of crippling feeling and then, you know, have people just tell you, like, ah, come on, you know, you need to just go snap out of it, right? But I would, um, I don't know, I would, like, kind of stay home from school sometimes, like, sneak out of school and just, like, just go kind of lay in bed all day. Did uh, your parents know about that or did anyone know about that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I would, like, I don't know, I would, like, try to pretend to be sick or something or like uh you know I would just so, figure out ways well, what, what was what was the feeling that you had when you did that where is it like you were anxious around people or were you just like i really am tired or what do you think was going on in your what kind of feeling did you have when you did that do you, can you remember um dread kind of i think is the word for it dread of anything in specifically that you can remember no just a very like general dread um, Which feels a lot like just a general anxiety, right? Yeah, you know, kind of. Like, like a like a doom sort of negative downer feeling. Totally. I used to get this thing uh, kind of in college, same thing, where I would uh, 
miss a class and then feel so dreadful about having missed it that I wouldn't be able to leave my apartment the next day to go to it again. And then the feeling would build up upon itself. And after a while, like, I was missed a week of this class. Uh, and I would just get freaked out about the whole thing so much that, like, I'd fail the class. You oh, know? man. A big downward spiral. Yeah. So can you explain the mania part? Um, the mania, I uh, kind of love, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. messed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a common thing among artists and things like that, which is that um, I'll get on this kick a lot of times. And it's also, I should point out, it's really hard to diagnose some of this stuff because I drink so much. So there's a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. there's a pretty solid argument. It could be like maybe some of this is coming from all this chemical stuff. Well, I think it's often a cycle because there's a lot of self-medicating with those kinds of things. Sure, yeah. So what's the mania like? Uh, The mania is pretty awesome. (laughs) I I tend to write a lot on it and... uh, Mm -hmm perform a lot and not sleep much and not eat much there's like physical signifiers which would make it kind of seem mm-hmm. real to me mm-hmm. there's a lot of the stuff you could argue it's just in your head or whatever but like i eat way more when i'm depressed and i eat way less when i'm manic. i can't stomach food um mm-hmm. and i'll get real quick talk fast talking uh, if I don't mind tooting my own horn, I get really funny when I'm like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'll think of, like, comebacks off your, the top of my head. Your, your mind works really fast. Yeah, your mind is on fire. And there's a, a lot of people who write about, you know, manic depression talk about not wanting to lose the mania. Right. And, and you know, resist mm-hmm. medication for that reason, especially if you're doing something creative because you feel like, oh, my God, you know, this is where I – this is my, my uh, well, you know. Right. This is where I get all my stuff. Of course. And, uh, you know, I will totally admit to having that probably fault. Uh, I watched a documentary Don't about... Don't call it a fault. Well, uh, oh, sure, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, therapist. No, that is... <laughs> there is no judging in this room. There are room. no wrong answers in here. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, good point. Uh, I watched this thing about uh, Daniel Johnston a while back, The Devil and Daniel Johnston, and that was one of the things that he would talk about. He'd purposely go off his medication... Uh, when he had a big gig because he wanted to be crazy for it. Right. Um, and I know that's messed up, but also, like, those records are pretty good, you know? Well, you know, it's funny because, um, yeah, I hear you I hear you judging judging yourself a lot in here, as <laughs> I understand. But it's also, um, I think that's, I mean, I've read, you know, I'm, I, I, I've read a bunch of, you know, there's a, it's a very popular subject for biographies, right? I've read them all. Those, you know, who's the who's the king of those? Is it Mary Carr? Who's the big? There's some woman who's written a bunch of those. The Unquiet Mind. Who's that? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you haven't read these? No. Oh, you should. Well, it might it might help you to read them in the sense there's like the Unquiet Mind. She wrote two books. Um, there's a bunch of books, biographies by people who've had um, manic depression, which is actually really I found instructive. Um, to help understanding it and how people live with it and how common the upside is, you know, how commonly loved the upside is. But here's what I want. We want you to have, we want your life to be as productive as possible, Jake. <laughs> so what is the um, ups, the mania versus, like, what's the percentages here? Is it like 10% mania and 90% you know, depression or whatever you call it, or what, 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 what's the percentages here? Um, Are you on the winning side of the mania? <laughs> I don't, I don't know because it's a, 
you know, it's hard to keep track of that sort of thing. If I was, uh, again, the Catch-22, if I had my shit together enough to keep a little calendar and keep track of that, I might not, wouldn't be the person that needs to keep track of that sort of thing. Um, I feel like I get the mania, like, I feel like it gets induced because I often get it when I'm going on tour or something like that Mm -hmm. and I'm living like really, really, uh, you know, every day is a crazy different adventure and set of uh, challenges and stuff. The the depression comes in more routine times, like Mm -hmm. when you're just going to work every day. Do you have a job, a job-paying job? Oh, yeah, I've got a million jobs. Uh, I have a, my day job, uh, I, I work at a kimchi shop that a friend of mine owns. I just oh, sell cool. kimchi. Oh, um, okay, so th- that sounds like a stable income or stable situation. It's pretty stable. I mean, I've worked in the service industry a long time, which is an unstable thing in general. Um, right. But it's also like... If you lose a job, you can just go next yeah, door and get great. another one. You, you know, worked so. that out. You worked that out. That's excellent. Yeah, big big plugs. Yeah, I was a mess before I uh, learned to uh, bartend really well. Basically, oh uh, really? Yeah, was, you'd probably be great at that. I was a dishwasher uh, in Austin, and I was you know kind of putting together my little five year plan and thinking oh, I want to move to New York and actually try to get some writing gigs and stuff. And so I just uh, nerded out real hard on like craft cocktails and stuff like that and then you know i I made a little uh, entrepreneurial business decision there so there's two things i'm thinking about is um about about you of course um one is i'm thinking about um your um uh you know thoughts about drinking because you obviously think you have a drinking problem and you may or may not have a drinking problem and you know that is like we we're so not judging on that one at least not me um so we're not judging on that but we should probably see what's happening is um i th- i'm wondering if you're afraid or you're uh, not comfortable talking to a doctor about your manic depression not that you need to talk to a doctor about it but that you know, that maybe you're, you, you know, you're drinking, you're like, the first thing they're going to do is tell me to stop drinking, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The and first so thing you do, you have any problem, the first thing uh-huh. they say is stop drinking, and it's annoying. Yeah, I know. That's why you're here, because I'm not going to say that. That's <laughs> ridiculous. You're not, me, te- me saying that, or like any shrink saying that, this is where I get mad at shrinks. If I was in, you know, I have my, I have, I don't know, it's drinking my problem? I don't know. I have so many problems, but... When a shrink says shit like that to me, I'm like, that's just fucking bullshit shrink stuff. Yeah. Um, But the other thing is, there is a lot of, um, I'm hearing a lot of self-criticism. And I'm hearing, like, that, you know, you didn't go to the um, class and then you didn't go to another class. And I'm thinking that maybe in your childhood, there might have been... a lot of you might have been criticized by your family or something that may be an additional burden on top of all the natural burdens or whatever. Did you have a lot of criticism as a child? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, all this like guilt and self hate and stuff like that definitely comes from real early, uh, you know, uh, Catholic shit probably oh man catholic you're catholic well not exactly okay so i'm uh half mexican right my mom's white my dad's catholic my dad's side of the family is the creepy like candle lighting catholic type the Mm -hmm. i don't know if you were up north anybody's from like the southwest at all you might be familiar with um 
this weird type of like really voodoo like uh, Catholicism that mm-hmm. old Mexican people are really into, and they're super weird about that stuff. Um, I've discovered a lot from talking to like you know cousins and things like that. Well, the whole Day of the Dead, all those tchotchkes they have are weird. Oh, uh, I like the Day of the Dead I, a lot, or uh, whatever. But yeah, there's a yeah, I get it. That, yeah. that I don't I don't think that's related to the ch- the church at all. But hey, the, I'm lumping it in. <laughs> yeah, I also don't know so. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of uh, weird stuff that gets in your head real early from that. I don't even remember. And then there's also, <laughs> like, uh, my my whole family is pretty messed up and, and super critical. And I think you're right. I'm kind of aware of that in me. I just don't know what to do about it because there's no way to fix it. You know, um, group therapy would be a great thing for you. That sounds so boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? It's actually really... I do group therapy. I go to a bar, and then I put my name in a bucket, and then I talk, you know? No, I know. But you know what? You, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to sell it. No, I'm not doing that. No fucking way. I wouldn't do that. But um, I, um, I, so, okay, so you... Your family is critical. What did what did they do? Like, are, do they have a good reason? I mean, do they are they perfect or like are they high achievers or what? How how did that happen? What, what's going on there? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all, man. My uh, my dad uh, is a very stoic old man. Uh, used to hit me with a belt a lot. I think a lot of the stuff is just physical. You know, your brain just starts to react to that. And I know that's still in my bones because, like, uh, every once in a while I'll hear, like, a... uh a doorknob rattle like the same way it would when you <laughs> come and do that shit and it would it makes me jump that's not supposed to be in your head when you're 28 years old right no, well i mean you know it can, there's no yes for you yes <laughs> well yeah it, what i'm saying is it shouldn't like yeah, it would be better up. if it wasn't that's really fucked up yes. uh yeah no he's a total weirdo was um, he a, was he an alcoholic uh, no, it's weird. It's like it skipped a generation or something. Although, maybe, I think my mom's side of the family is where all that stuff came from because they're all hard drinkers. But they, uh, they tend to like kind of act like they're not. So and your then, father wasn't hitting you when he was drunk or anything? Oh, no, no. I think he was because he's real old school and he thought it was like you're just supposed to do that. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, and that's actually, I'm going to get into another okay, thing about yeah. my dad, is that uh, my brother Nick has Asperger's Syndrome. Oh. And I've been reading a lot about Asperger's, and I think it's really genetic, and I think my dad has that shit right. and just doesn't know it because he's from a time when you wouldn't diagnose that sort of sure. thing because uh, he's a super weirdo. And uh, by the way, I want to make a little footnote about all this. I'm totally cool with my parents, and I love them and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's this stuff is true, you know? Right. I hated them for a long time, and then one day I just kind of, like, met up with them and got dinner, and I was, like, looking at these two people, like, oh, you're just... No one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> you know, no, you did all very, this. That's very healthy of you, and I think your life sounds, you know, pretty pretty damn good in a, in a lot of ways, so we're we're, we're not really... Nothing, you know. They did. They did fine. They did fine. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so we got the footnote. Your sister or your brother or whatever your siblings. Oh, my brother. Yeah. Uh, my sister is cool. Nothing. Uh, Nothing remarkable. Oh, your brother's autistic. Uh, Asperger's. Asperger's. Uh, which is a spectrum. Right. So you know right. that can mean a number of things. He's a. Right. Uh, I would file him on the. Uh, it, just an extreme nerd part of the spectrum, you mm-hmm. know? He has a job and stuff and functions and 
mm-hmm. you know, drives a car and all is he's a human, but he's a super nerd. <laughs> um, like very afraid. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty uh pretty meek and stuff and um does he live alone so i convinced him to uh to move out a couple years ago because he was getting he was lived with my parents you know in his adult life uh he was getting really sick of it and uh i I got him to do it and like he got an apartment and stuff but then uh he had some roommate that got bed bugs recently so he had to move back in Mm. but he's kind of like you know just able to kind of get that sort of thing going Mm -hmm. i think um Mm -hmm. I think he has it in him. I don't know. But I do think that Asperger's is a, a spectrum. There's this really interesting book. i got to give you the name of I forgot the name of it yeah. uh, that I've been kind of Look it up. I'll get my producer it. to look it up while we're on the air. Um, I, I kind of have a theory that about, like, maybe maybe all of humanity, maybe about 50% of it is somewhere on that spectrum. And I kind of think I got a touch of it just because there's, like, symptoms I'll notice here and there. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of things I've thought about that are similar, um, especially with visual artists, is um, dyslexia, I think, is one of those things because, it, it, you know, a lot of visual people are really great visually because they've had to adjust to a new way of learning, but no one necessarily, but then they fail at a lot of things and wind up feeling stupid because they have, you know, it's like one of those things where society doesn't recognize it and you wind up feeling lesser than because you have a, your own way of doing things. Right. I would argue that it also goes the other way. When you when society does recognize it, then you get labeled, and then you feel like like this other thing when, to some degree, some of the stuff we're diagnosing, I think, might just be like personality types at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think we're sort of saying the same thing in a way. Some people feel relieved when they get diagnosed. Oh, there's something wrong. Um, it's my visual perception. It's not that I'm stupid. Some people find that a relief, you know. Come yeah, on, yeah. Right? Well, knowing the answer is always good, you know. Yeah. So your brother, um, so that must have been, did your father beat him? I'm pretty certain he beat everybody. And your sister as well? Uh, I don't know. I think, I'm That's not. That's hot. I'm not sure uh, because I know that they had really old school, old world attitudes about Mm -hmm. like gender and stuff. So they just treated her like way Mm -hmm. differently than us. And what about your mom? Like your father sounds, that's really, that makes me sad. That's hard to hear. I'm fine. (laughs) I know, but it's sad because you know what? I I picture like little defenseless. I mean, you're not the only child that's ever, to do that to defenseless children is sad i'm not sorry for you now <laughs> oh for the past i'm sorry for that the little boy jake well he... the 14 year old <laughs> angry obnoxious jake that's father like he didn't know any better and his father fucking took uh, him i was out. way younger than that man okay i don't even want to know it's then. fucked up it's um, sad did what... your father was it was it um was it out of control and unpredictable or like did, did were you like living with the specter of that happening any time? I think so, but you know it's hard to like remember back that far and kind of parse that whole that mm-hmm. sort of thing out. Um, what sort of things inspired him to do that to you or get mad? he got? I'm assuming did he get mad and yell at the same time? Um, Was it a full full range expression, a full explosion, or? Yeah, you know I don't really. It wasn't like rage. It was uh-huh. just like this weird like. Uh, like frustration or something or like I don't know I mean I think that like okay so a lot of this this weird guilt and self-criticism stuff comes from having parents who like and like most parents are guilty of this 
really like wanted uh, their kids to become like you know engineers and doctors and stuff so i remember at one point <laughs> my dad because i loved video games when i was a kid like a nintendo oh yeah and uh, i remember him he came into my room and he asked me he was like if i give you like thirty dollars like or like i'll buy you this other thing or something will you promise to never play this again like throw it in the trash <laughs> and like just hated the fact that i liked playing a game, you know what I mean? Like, uh, which, I mean, I get that's, you don't want your kids to just become, you know, little zombies in front of a video game or whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I can understand his concern, but I also think that's, like, really an ineffectual way to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, that's just not going to work. So, um, you knew that he hated, hated the video games. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get so far back, I can't remember a lot of the reasoning behind this stuff. And I'm sure, sure some of it was just that I was being a shitty kid, you know. But uh, I think that's just a very hazardous way to go about that. Um, I think, uh, like, the, the, the whole thing where people beat their kids is very sad. We just need to stop doing it, that's all. Uh, I would like to live in a world where people, like, figure that out and the science gets out and makes you realize. Because there's a lot of people in America that are like, you know, my dad hit me, and I turned out great, you know? <laughs> and like, you look at him, and you're like, you don't look great at all, you know? That's always a hard one where kids are coddled, and be, there, there's such a, like, yeah, there's got to be a balance. There's also, balance. there's also some science, um, you know, it's still on the table. I don't, you know, obviously I don't can't, can't speak to confirm this, but there's a lot of uh, people that think neurobiologically that that sort of thing uh, expresses genes that lead to like compulsive behavior like drinking and stuff like that and like gambling sure. or whatever sure. um, I think that would make sense because it, it you know it mm-hmm. teaches your your central nervous system a very physical like response and reward system you know mm-hmm. so so um what did your father do um, he works for the EPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his parents immigrated to San Antonio, Texas from Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. And they all got government jobs uh, because there's like there's a couple like different kind of breeds of immigrants down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family was the type that wanted to assimilate really hard, right? Because mm-hmm. they came like legally and stuff. And this was during a time when, you know, you you would, like, get beaten in Catholic school for speaking Spanish. Uh, so that's why I don't have a trace of Spanish accent. Because I'm from uh, a generation of immigrants that just beat the Spanish out of their kids. So, and they thought it was, like, to help them, right? Because right. they were like, someone else is going to, you know, it's all culture. hate you if it's you're culture. culturally save, Mexican, yeah, right? Yeah, to save you, right. Yeah, which is ironic because now everyone is like, you know, it, it's like bad. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. They're like it's oh, insulting yeah. to me. Great. Um, it's a very confusing mess, right? Um, but uh, so he comes from his government job family, right? So mm-hmm. he, uh, I think he became a chemist, got his master's, mm-hmm. and like audits laboratories in the EPA. It's actually pretty cool. He uh, he worked in uh, cleaning up after Katrina. Wow. And he uh, he emailed me this awesome picture of um, this like so you know. All these refrigerators were ruined during this hurricane. Like, you can't. So, there's this refrigerator graveyard in Louisiana. There's just yeah. huge field full of just thousands of refrigerators. Pictures of it? Uh, yeah, I'll have to I'd dig have it to up. I see one. It's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, so he's just a pretty straight lace by the book. So dude. he's kind of a science-oriented guy, right? Sure. Oh, yes. So he's not really you and him um, aren't on the same. You know, you guys are sort of from really different places. Natural by nature, like by nature, it kind of your I've, nature isn't really that naturally compatible with his. Well, I maybe I do think of myself as a really scientific person. Like, if mm-hmm. I, 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 if I could have two jobs, I would, you know, go into like research. Still, I'm ah. still really fascinated with like neuropsych and stuff. I just, you know, had to make a decision at one point and went into this like artistic stuff, yeah. but. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, no. <laughs> no, um, so um, about the drink, oh, but before that, I'm not going to get on your case, so don't even think that, but I do want to <laughs> mention that um, I want to remind people that they're listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. This is part of my job. Sure. Um, on the best radio station in the entire Western Hemisphere, Radio Free Brooklyn, and I want to also remind you that um, we're organizing this really awesome uh, scavenger hunt for the holidays. Uh, maybe Christmas. We're, you're Catholic, and we're, we're going to say Christmas today because we have Jake, and he has a Catholic upbringing, so we can say Christmas. But anyway, you should um, look it up on our website, Radio Free Brooklyn, and uh, find out about it and uh, come to our Christmas party. Okay, so um, let's talk about your drinking. I mean, I don't. I'm. I am certainly not. In also, any... I should point out, not Catholic. Uh, super uh, atheist. Oh, all right, all right, Catholic. Just background. Catholic background. Okay, oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, so that's right. I know that from your comedy, actually, that you're really atheist. Uh, so anyway, um, so the your drinking, like, is your drinking, like, do you feel like it's, you know, it, I mean. Drinking, it, you know, when you're doing comedy and you're out, you do your set, and then you could probably get really drunk or do whatever you want and not really fuck with your life too much. I mean, you're a young man. Eventually, it's not good for your health and all that, but we don't give a shit about that right now. So do you feel like your drinking is getting in your way of your life or that you drink more than the other people that drink? Or how? where, where are we in the world of drinking? Uh, I absolutely drink a bit more than other people. Uh, but there, I also have friends that are kind of on the same level as me. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about, like, alcoholism, I think, is that, and this is true of a lot of these types of diagnoses, mm-hmm. is that... Uh, you know, it's a problem if it interferes with your life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy it so much that I have built my life very specifically structured in a way that it won't be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, I understand. Um, so, because there's a lot, I'm sensing, and tell me if, you, if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that you feel really guilty about drinking. I feel guilty about everything, man. <laughs> it's a. Uh, all that Catholicism, you know. But, um, right, right. Well, no, I think the way I feel about it is that uh, I am kind of aware that it is uh, a that – I, that I have a, a bit of a bigger habit than other people. And then okay. it's like – there's also – and this is kind of like – it's kind of funny to me, like how messed up this is. But, like, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, at some point I'm going to have to stop. Like, right. <laughs> but, That's uh, what I – yeah, probably. Yeah. Likely. That's cool, though. You're but, 28. But, you know, I try to think about those things from a point of view of, like, uh, you know, as long as you know that, it's fine. <laughs> you know? Well, 
you know, we're trying to also living in the living in the moment. I mean, this is where your life is right now. So that's, you know, and you're enjoying it. That's fine. Uh, do you feel like other people like do you feel like I mean, it's easy to drinking, you know, if you, do you feel like is an easy thing for other people to criticize because it's social and it's it's you know, it's right there in front of other people. So do you feel criticized by your drinking? Have you dated women that are like, I'm not going out with you if you keep drinking, shit like that? Um, not, well, okay, so I feel that criticism sometimes from people, uh, but, you know, I don't tend to care because... Right, right. They're just reinforcing, you know, I'm just wondering where the voices come in. I mean, some (laughs) of it's just... It's pre-verbal, probably. You know, there's a lot of stuff that gets ingrained that way, too. Sure. If I if I dated a woman who, like, told me I drank too much, I A, I'd be like, well, you know, why are you dating me? <laughs> like, uh, you knew. It's a pretty heavily advertised thing about myself, you know? Right. Um... Yeah, and then I'll also just be like, oh, okay, well, this, the problem here is that I'm that we are incompatible. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't hear that much from people because I tend to surround myself with people who, you know, are like-minded and wouldn't right. uh, wouldn't really go down that line of thought. But, like, every once in a while I hear that sort of thing from someone, you know, like an employer or a family member or somebody that is in your life because they have to be. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I do have a bit of a guilt about it. Um I don't know. It's a tricky thing because every once in a while I'll stop, you know, I'll take like a week off or something just to put it in perspective or like, oh, I'll think like, oh, okay, I've been going like way too hard recently. I need to like mm-hmm. chill out or something, um, you know, but uh, it's it's weird because I just, I like drinking so much, you know, it's, if you frame it as an addiction or a compulsion, it becomes very clinical and you go, oh, you have a disease and you need this mm-hmm. poison or whatever, but it's fun, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm also, you know, it's also like you're you're saying, you know, it's fine, which is you want everybody to know you're fine with it too, which is, you know, which is a probably a good way of handling it. But that's not. I'm just what you know. What I'm really trying to get to, I'm really trying to get to like where all the guilt. Um, you're there's so much guilt that uh, that just got um, you know baked into you and i'm just trying to see if there's any place that it rests where you could you know try to i mean it is kind of a cognitive thing i think do do you think so Uh, it's one of those things where like if you 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 feel guilty a lot more than you need to yeah i i mean i tend to agree with what you said about it being baked into me so uh in terms of thinking about my own mind, a lot of the times I uh, I just think about it in terms of having thought processes that are not going to go away. So then you learn to live with them. You learn mm-hmm. to function as mm-hmm. a crazy, you know, mm-hmm. weird, jagged, not normal system. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be right. There might be some weird... Freudian memory we can, you know, dig up and then fix your brain. That's how no, that's supposed to work, uh, right? No, no, that wasn't – actually, that wasn't really what I was thinking. What I was thinking is that I think it's kind of like baked in there and, um, you know, this is the kind of thing where Freud actually – where they, the cognitive people I think are better at where – 
Like, I don't think you're really going to be able to, like, I don't think a psych, my opinion, for what it's worth, I don't think a psychoanalyst is going to be able to help get rid of, is going to be able to rid you of your guilt. I think it's just a fucked up thing that um, got baked into you by your environment. And I think that um, the way to handle it might be just to, like, when every time you feel guilty to just try and, like, deal with those feelings in a direct way like okay I'm feeling guilty I know this is stupid you know what I mean like just to say hello to it and see it and not not feel bad about feeling guilty you know what I mean okay this is normal feeling guilty hmm that's interesting um I did I, I it's hard to like in the moment place like when you're feeling not the way you should be about stuff though because it all just seems appropriate at the time you know right so that's i mean but that's probably where you know that's probably where you know therapy or something you know that's what they do there or something you could think about i mean it's just something you can put in your bag of tricks and maybe it'll help you you know what i get a lot i get hangover guilt where like um you blacked out or something and then the next day you're like oh god what did i do and it's funny because sometimes you didn't do anything the guilt is just naturally occurring from the hangover um, well, also because you don't know what you did, like the day or night. No, there'll be like cloudy thoughts of like, oh, did I say something to this person that then now that I'm sober and I'm thinking about it, might have been a messed up thing to say or something. Yeah. So like what I'm saying is like when you feel like that, say like, look, I'm a well-intentioned person. <laughs> person. Right. I might have been drunk. People know I was drunk when I said whatever I said. Okay. I'm not going to worry about it. So it's okay. People know I like to drink. I like to drink. I'm hungover. Uh, <laughs> this is my life, and I don't mean any harm. And fuck it, I didn't mean any harm, and I might have said something wrong, and I'm okay with it. Okay. So I've, what I should do is wake up, roll over, kick over some empty beer cans, and then stand in the mirror. And do positive self affirmations like Stuart Smalley to myself. Well, that would be that would make a great video if you want to do that. <laughs> that would be funny. I mean, no, I'm just saying, you know, like I'm just saying that like self acceptance, a little like instead of the the you know try to if you can counteract the guilt with a little self acceptance, then um, you might have some growth. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't know what the fuck you know. I'm not. I'll try it tomorrow. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, either. I, I have. I have no formal training. So anyway, that's my things thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I have no formal training either. But I kind of think it's uh, maybe you don't need it. Uh, so I'm. I'm on board. Uh, I'm I not. Have something to think about that you know just just to like know that some of that guilt is stuff that you you are putting that that it's coming. You know, you don't have to. You know, yeah, you have a little option. You can, you know, you have some options that you don't deserve it because you're doing well in life, right? You've got a, you're making a living. You're doing something awesome that's creative that people respect. You go on tour. You have friends to drink with. You're so you're doing like pretty. You moved to New York from Texas. That's a big fucking deal. So like things are good. Yeah. I, well, that that's interesting that you put it all together like that because you know I think about stuff like that sometimes and I I feel really good about it. But then there's also this specter in my head of like, uh, is has this all been like a huge mistake? You know. Um, and it, it's an interesting 
thing to think about because nobody really knows if the thing they chose is the best idea or whatever. You know, you have to assess and think whether you're happy. Um, I. Well, I have a big, dreadful, looming thought in the back of my head that, like, I went, it took a wrong turn somewhere. I can't smoke weed because that thing comes to the front of my head. Uh. Yeah, it's weird. I used to smoke it, you know, growing up and stuff. And then one day it just clicked and it would give me either, like, really bad anxiety, which is common among people, but also this this dread thing would pop in. And it would. Paranoia vibe, I call that. Yeah. um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,. I agree. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good life, but but part of my brain won't accept it. I don't know. It's weird. That's all. Um, cre- I think that's also a really common creative, you know, dilemma for all all creative people, no matter what level of success. I think some of that is what keeps people motivated. Um, I'm also getting the sense that, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know. This sounded. This was going to sound critical, but I'll just say it. No, that's fine. Sound critical. Do that's it. That's why I wasn't going to say it because I got in trouble at group therapy for being critical the other day. <laughs> that's that's why that does not sound fun to me. Group therapy. I have gotten so much out of it, but that's a whole other story. Sure. I find it. It's like theater, but in it's amazing. I love it. So, um, but that's me. So anyway, I'm a hob- I'm a the I'm a you know psychotherapy hobbies. So. Um, I was thinking that, uh, what was I going to say? I was thinking that, um, you know, you're, you seem sort of intellectual in the sense that like you think about your thoughts and sometimes maybe you aren't feeling your thoughts. You're feeling, you're thinking more than feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I try to like talk, disconnect and understand what's happening. Right. And thinking that you can think your way through things because, you know, you're good at that. So I think sometimes, like, just, you know, trying to become more aware of the phys- – it's a physical thing, too, you know, the feeling thing. It's like when you say it feels like dread, that feels physical to me. When you say I have a feeling of dread, that kind of thing sounds physical. Does that make any sense? Uh, yeah, no, I'm a big proponent of that, um, the concept that, you know, sometimes – what is happening to you is a physical thing, but it's, your brain isn't set up to understand that. So you think it's uh, because of some actual semantic thing that happened or because of something you ate or something crazy like that, you know. No, I think you're right. I just don't know what to do about it. Yeah, it's just like, well, that's how I feel. And, like, just be like, that's how I feel. That's, you know. That is a, that's the therapist's answer is to understand it and then uh, it fixes it which is i kind of believe in a bit i don't i mean i'm not saying anybody can fix anything i just i'm just trying to figure i just well i'm not even criticizing your answer i agree with it no but i i'm just i'm not even but i'm just saying we're all we're all just trying to cope that's what i think we're all just trying to cope i mean i've had i have certain you know i mean the reason i'm so interested in all this crap is because i've had to deal with my own demons of course sure I'm amazed that people aren't interested in this sort of thing, like understanding the human mind, you know? It is. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. Um, So um, we have 15 minutes left. Can you believe how fast this went, Jake? No. And so um, I want to spend, like, um, first of all, I just want to say, like, you've been really great and really generous and open, and and I appreciate it because I don't don't take that for granted, not for for one second, Jake. Oh, thanks. That's my whole jam. Well, you're. That's why I thought you would be. I guess that's why I picked you to be on the show or 
talk, you know, whatever. Thank you for being on the show. But um, let's talk about your relation, your intimate relationships in the sense of like where, where you stand as your ability to connect with another person. And then um, let's try and spend the last five minutes talking about all the great shit you're doing. Sure. That we can tell all our listeners when they're done celebrating the scavenger hunt that can go to your shows. Sure. So, sure, sure. um, so are you, are you dating somebody now? I am. Mm-hmm. Have you had a lot of, uh, you're heterosexual, right? Yes. Um, so have you had a lot of relationships or have you ever lived with anybody ever gotten married? Any of that shit? Oh no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I've, I've... you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. A young man. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, interesting. I can't even imagine that's that. That's like so far away to me. Um, no, I uh, I've had you know a few few lasting relationships, but nothing over like a year, year and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they freak me out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I uh, I I told this uh, this one I'm dating now the first thing I told her was like uh, the whole thing freaks me out you know um, <laughs> just as from the get go but it's going well it's very You're my cool <laughs> um, part of that is uh, the the uh, uh, commitment part mm-hmm. like um, which sounds really shitty to say but it's just no. true like I just yeah we are judging no <laughs> you know um, no sometimes I you know want res- to yeah, date. Do, yeah. You, you want to be free to 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 um, shop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like the chase is so fun to me. Like the idea uh-huh. of being in a long relationship and just not ever having getting to do that again. I know for some people it's a nightmare, and it's like it is. But it says you know Pat Oswalt famously said it's a fun nightmare. <laughs> I think that also comes from the uh, the whatever the the gene is that makes you an alcoholic is the uh, the the wanting to dive into the fun nightmare um what does that mean okay so i was actually listening to dr drew's podcast and he was talking about uh alcoholics and he said something really interesting about how um he he did a study where he you know studied all these alcoholics and all these sober people and he figured out uh there's this thing that happens in your head somebody jumps into the room with a gun right uh Mm -hmm. your lizard brain takes over and you're either going to be behind the desk or you're going to jump towards him right and mm-hmm. all the people that jumped towards the guy were the alcoholics, right? So mm-hmm. if you're a person who is in love with the drink, you're also in love with, like, chaos, in a sense. Uh, like, I kind of like fighting with girlfriends and stuff, like, a bit. Uh, something about it's that, that sort of thing is way more, like, just interesting than, like, when everything's fine. I know it's messed up, but that's how my brain works. Um, it's... Uh, so, you know, the idea of everything being really routine and complacent kind of scares me. Uh-huh. Um, and then also just, like, the extreme, like, it's it's kind of ironic. I'm sitting here, you know, cutting my brain open on the radio for people <laughs> to hear, and I do it every, you know, night when I do stand-up. But, like, being that close with somebody and just getting, like, way in your head is a little freaky. Well, it's really easy on the radio because it's a way of... I mean, in all those situations, it's real intimacy without real intimacy. So, um, without being, you know, well, you know what I mean. But um, yeah, I think that's why stand up is such a rush for people, is because because it's so freaky for that reason. You can feel seen. Do you do you not enjoy? Maybe part of what you don't like is just sitting around the house, sitting at home with another person and just sitting there with them. Well, I do like that, but there's this feeling of like not being able to entirely relax because you're thinking about 
another person, which is messed up. Like, I know you're... That's probably a better, more not healthy way to think. Not messed up. See, this is a bad habit. <laughs> not messed up at all. I really, okay, I really like me time. Like, I like just hanging out at my place for an entire day, not talking to another human the whole time. Yeah, and if you're dating a girl, man, you can't just fucking do that. Well, I, I always, like, uh, you know, make it pretty clear, like, in a relationship that, like, this is going to happen, like... When you just need some. But, but, but see, what happens is you're also being. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, in a way, I don't. I don't blame you, especially especially at your age, because I mean, you know, you. This isn't like a time in life where you're expected to settle down and have that kind of. Re- having a relationship is a lot of responsibility, and it's like it can be very. Uh, in inhib. You know, it can like, I don't know, inhibiting or. Whatever. Yeah. It, 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 there's definitely a loss of freedom if you're really into having your freedom right now. Right. right. And I'm not really willing to give it up because, like, the the creative stuff always has to come first. Sure. It comes before, like, I, my job, you know. Right. But I think part of that is the place you are in life. And see, what the problem is, I think, is that the 28-year-old – and, you know, women hate me – not hate me, but I, I, I think that – I think that women often sell themselves short because they think that they're they're not like guys. Like women are just generally programmed more to be in a relationship. They're just more capable of it. They and when you get older, like way older, um, men women wind up men. A lot of men that aren't good at relationships wind up alone, and that's a bad place when you get older. But when you're younger. Um, women are just way more ready to be in a relationship by nature than guys are. It's biology. And I think that women, young women particularly, and I mean, I was like this, you know, you think that if you do this or if you're pretty enough or if you do this or if you're smart enough or funny enough or sing well or, you know, that you can entice some guy who's not naturally set up to be in a relationship, to be in a relationship with you if you're only good enough. And I think a lot of women, young women, put their self-esteem on the line when in reality guys just aren't in that, they're just not there yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, do you think that's why older guys date younger girls a lot? I think that's that's why younger girls date older guys. Okay, there you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, you know, I mean, when I was 23, I had a long, the second longest relationship I ever had was with a guy 13 years older that I started dating when I was 23. Um, And he was 36 till, you know, till I got older and I grew out of it. But I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it, and that's always surprised me, actually, this is turning into me, but um, that that always surprises me um, as I've gone through 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 the years and um you know i mean when women you know i was a teenager when women's lib was you know that there was a promise of it and over time women and men straight women and men the relationships way of relating has not changed a lot if anything i think in a certain way it's gone backwards because now women you know, are all about the boobs and spending money and time on their physical appearance more than they actually should. What's good for them? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, wait, recap that last part. Sorry. Because uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying that women should like women. Women 
there's a lot of pressure that women put on themselves and each other to uh, get the guy. Oh, that sort of thing is fascinating to me because I just have no idea what it's like from the other side. And and they they don't they should they don't need to do that. And they and they do that to themselves and they do it in a way that's way worse when I was, you know, in my teens and 20s. And I think if women would focus on themselves and what they enjoy more than and forget about, you know, their fucking nails and their boobs and all this crap, I think um I think we'd all be better off, frankly. I mean, I tend to agree because I'm a very independent person, and it worked out great for me. So I think everyone should be like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, just, I just think women need to give themselves a break and to recognize that there's nothing they can do. It's not about them, that the guy isn't, isn't going to be there the way they want them to be. All right, well, since we're talking about gender, where should people direct their hateful tweets at you for what you're saying? Um, oh, at Dr. Lisa Levy SP. All right, direct all your hate there. Uh, yeah. you, can't, you can't talk about any of this stuff without people getting angry, even if you're... I know. Oh, <laughs> believe you me, I know, I know. Well, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, you know what, we don't really have enough time to discuss this or get into it. But so let's properly and really be understood. But so let's um, talk about, back to you, Jake. Let's talk about what you're working on because we only have four minutes left and I want to make sure that uh, we get big crowds because, you know, the people listening to my station are rabid fans. Cool. Well, yeah, let's do some plugs. Uh, if you are in New York tonight at 8 o'clock, I'm doing this show at Pine Box Rock Shop. It's a free show. Um, it's uh, put on by Eli Uden and Justin Flanagan, and I think Clark Jones is also on the lineup, some other funny comics. It's comedy. We're just doing stand-up, but at the end of it, we're doing this thing where we roast people's shoes, as odd as that sounds. It's, it's, um, it sounded so funny when you explained <laughs> it. Look up uh, at Fart Shoe Roast on, uh, like, online and find this thread. Basically, this guy, uh, this, uh, this guy, John Hendren, was posting pictures of his shoes on Twitter, and then a bunch of people piled on and started uh, making fun of his shoes, and then he went, stop roasting my damn shoes, and it just turned into this running thing. That uh, was kind of funny enough to where someone went, we should do it live, you know, <laughs> fuck it, we'll do it live, as they say. Um, so, yeah, it's really happening. I can't kind of can't believe it's happening. It's pretty dumb, but uh, it, it sounds fun. It sounded really funny. You know, um, it sounded really funny. You explained it in detail, which <laughs> I can't hear. We, we can't now, but it was like a really crazy idea involving Twitter and a whole bunch of It'll be weird circumstances <laughs> yeah, that come yeah. together. Just bring your ugliest shoes to the show, and then we make fun of them, and then drinks that's mm -hmm. basically the idea so what else we only have two minutes right right okay so uh my handle is at feral jokes on basically everything follow me on twitter and uh, find me on facebook and stuff like that i post all my shows and stuff there i have a website feraljokes.com everything is that that's an anagram for my name it's all the letters of jake flores switched around oh, um I, uh, I write a column for the New York Observer called Millennial Reviews, where I, it's basically like a joke. Uh, I just re review old TV shows <laughs> like an idiot. Um, it's very fun. and cool. And check out my album. It's called Humors, spelled with a U, like Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Um, and it's on Spotify and iTunes and everything. Um, check it out. I'm very proud of it. And I um, posted your website on my Facebook page and every place that I promoted it. And when um, this interview goes on um, audio boom like in the next week or two I'll put all that stuff on there cool. as, as well so um, that was good oh uh, I have one more uh, 
on Tuesday, second Tuesday of every month. This one's happening on the 8th. I host a show called The Drunk Spelling Bee at the Creek and Cave at 10 o'clock. It's free. It's a drunk spelling bee and comedy. It's great. Coming out. Oh, that'll be great because I want to see what you're like when you're super drunk. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've made some people mad at that show before. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so thanks everybody for being here today and um, joining me on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'll be thinking about you guys this week because I do really, really give a shit, you know. And, uh, you know, it was a tough time of year with Thanksgiving and all these holidays. We really need to keep our shit together, right? Yeah. You know, I almost <laughs> lost it the Thanksgiving week. I had to go to a funeral on top of everything else. It was really, it was really tough. That's such a yeah. downer, isn't it? Yeah, oh, funerals, they tend to be downers, yeah. They're downers. <laughs>